5. That there was no way to live a completely happy life. And if I couldn't live happy, I didn't want to live at all. It began with a divorce, a broken home. And I believe that through that, my mentality began to form and began to develop a sense of rejection because I didn't understand. I was a small child and didn't understand adult things. And so I, I felt the breakup was all about me. That sense of rejection just really grew. I began to perceive myself as a burden to other people. And so I would take little bitty comments that were relatively insignificant. I would make it into a really big deal. Those little seeds in my life, I began meditating on over and over. And as I grew, the rejection began to grow. What is wrong with me? And so I believe that the only answer for me was to end my life. I walked um, to my mother's room thinking I don't want anyone to see me because I'm so determined to end my life, to end the void, to end the suffering, to end the loneliness that nothing was going to stop me. I began crying out and I began screaming out to God, God forgive me. And the gun went off. My lungs began to fill up with blood. My ears, I began to become deaf, very slowly, faintly become deaf. My eyes became blind. My eyes were open and I became blinded and I knew that death was gripping my soul. And then all of a sudden, I felt myself, my soul leave my body and I instantly began falling and falling. And at that moment, I knew I was no longer in control of my destiny. And I ended up in a place that was complete torment and my body was burning I no longer was lonely I was no longer depressed I became depression I became loneliness I became a tormented being of fear and as I began looking out and I saw all of these other people and everybody was screaming in pain, the, the mutual thing that everyone shared there was their desire to scream out to everybody on earth, do not come here. Acknowledge that life is about Jesus Christ. Eternity is real and hell is real and heaven is real and how you live your life will determine where you go and everybody cried out that their loved ones would hear the truth i saw the hand of god literally come down and at that moment i knew that he was coming for me and his hand picked me up and instantaneously I was no longer a being of tormented sin. I now was a being being cleansed. And God took me over the heavens. It was beyond peaceful and gorgeous and magnificent. However, I was not allowed to stay. And I was certainly not allowed to see anything specific. But I was able to feel His presence 
in his entirety. I was able to feel perfect serenity. I was able to feel joy for the first time, complete, whole joy. And this hand just began to bring me back into the universe. And I saw myself coming back to my home and went through the ceiling and the hand just went and placed me gently back into my physical body. And he went up and I opened my eyes and I saw him go up and instantly I knew at that moment God loved me. I called out on his name and I asked for him to forgive me and he did. And at that moment I was given a spiritual strength that I had never known. I was given joy that I had never had. I was given peace that I knew would take me through what I was about to face. The bullet had missed my heart um, by less than a fourth of an inch, I mean just you know, by millimeters there, and had explained that, you know, the pressure of a 38 caliber gun should have exploded my heart. And they didn't understand that there was nothing wrong with me. They broke a few of my ribs, and that was all. Four. Well, for eight minutes, the life of our next guest was hanging in the balance after she was mistakenly given a shot of morphine that literally caused her to stop breathing. She was there, literally, on the brink of death. She had a terrifying experience that changed her life. She's here to talk about it. Please welcome to the 700 Club from Dallas, Texas, Kay Lynn Trimble. Kay, delighted to have you on the program. Now, you were in the hospital. Yes, sir. For what? Well, I was hemorrhaging. My husband had come home that day and found me hemorrhaging to death with female problems on the bathroom floor. And my husband and I had been involved in one of the world's largest cults. And I had started reading the Bible because my neighbor, who was a Baptist, had given me a good news for modern man New Testament. And it was the first time in 16 years of our marriage that I had ever read the Word of God. We had been involved in this cult. We did not read the Word of God except to argue with Christians. So God had begun working on me when this incident happened. But I was in a terrible state of confusion when my husband found me. That morning, I had gone into my bedroom after being sick for nearly four months and said, God, I don't know if you're real. I don't know who you are. I don't know who I am, and I just want to die. And I cursed God and my family, and I took my fist and I shoved it in the wall. And about three hours later, my husband found me hemorrhaging to death in the bathroom floor. So he picked you up and he rushed you to the hospital. Yes. All right. And then even after they started working in the hospital, they were having some problems with it. Yes, I was bleeding so much, they put me down very deep under the anesthetic. And the blood they were giving me was not holding in my body. I just kept bleeding out. And they began to do surgery on me. And because of the length of the surgery and having to go under the anesthetic so deep, I had not come out as you normally should in recovery room until late that day. And my doctor had left orders not to give me any medication because I was so deep under the anesthetic. And at 5 o'clock that afternoon, a nurse did not read the orders, came in, gave me an injection. I stopped breathing. I saw my spirit leave my body. I stood above the bed and watched as they worked upon my body. My mother was in the room, and I thought, good, I'm dead. 
and I didn't know the religion that we were in was not going to save me from hell. Oh, now, you were looking forward to a blissful life after, right? Yes. In our particular religion, we were taught that we could become like God, there would be other gods, and that we would go to the celestial kingdom. Well, instead, I found my spirit being sucked down into the very pits of hell itself. And I saw that place. I heard demons screaming, we've got another one. And it is so horrible that I pray to God no one ever has to go into that place. And I heard people screaming in agony, just begging, why am I here? Why am I here? And that's what I was saying, is why am I here? And where is this place? Because you see, the church that we belong to do not believe in hell or the cross. Well, sometimes doctors have said that this is just a psychological playback of something that you believed in as a child. But you didn't believe in, in hell and you didn't have any idea. And yet you said you felt your body being sucked down into it. Yes, your it was spirit. my spirit was going, went down into the pits of hell and it was black and dark, but a lot of flames and a tremendous amount of heat. And it I just, mean, could you feel this uh, yes. in, in your spirit? Yes, I felt like I was being smothered. And I heard demons laughing and saying, we've got another one. Did you, what did you feel? You know, people say, what well, did you feel? What did you feel? It, could you feel all these things in your spirit? Your body obviously was laying on the table. What, could you experience, did you experience terror and, and what? Yes, I was terrified. I just kept crying out. I don't believe, I don't belong here. I don't belong here. Why am I here? And about eight minutes later, my physician, who was a spirit-filled Christian, came into my room, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him to drop this medicine in my IV, or they were going to lose me physically. And he did so, and my spirit went right back out of hell, right back down into my body, and I sat up. And I said, I've been gone. And he knew that God was going to do something with my life. And the Holy Spirit told him to go home and intercede that physically I might live to have another chance to know Jesus Christ as my Lord. And you did live. Huh? Yes, hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> now, now, how did you finally get the real truth? Okay, that whole night I was in and out of hell. My spirit would leave my body and I'd go into hell. I would quit breathing. I was having physical problems recovering from this surgery. And my mother was with me. And I would leave my body, and every time I left it, it would just suck down into the deepest parts of hell, and I just kept getting into it deeper and deeper and deeper. And I heard more and more people screaming, I cannot tell you how horrible it is, because there's millions of people in that pit, and they can't get out. And around 5 o'clock in the morning, I saw a tiny pinpoint of light in that pit. And this friend of ours who had been in this religious system we were in had died at Christmas. And he spoke to me, and he said, don't make the same mistake I made. And if I had not heard his voice, I would not have recognized him. He was in so much agony and torment. And I know now that Jesus Christ took the keys of hell and death away from the devil, and he had given orders they were going to let me out of that place. And I ran towards that pinpoint of light, and that light went up and up into the sky. It was just a beautiful, huge, bright tunnel of light. And at the end of that tunnel of light was a huge, bright gold burning cross. And our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, was standing in front of that cross in all his glory and power. And I fell on my face and I said, my God, my Savior, forgive me. And he spoke these words to me. He said, seek Jesus Christ and the cross. Leave the Mormon church or the hell you've left will be your eternity. 
and I said, my God, my Savior, forgive me. And he reached out his hands to me, and he said, Daughter, why dost thou weep? Thou hast forgiven. And I saw the Lord, hallelujah, and I ran into his arms, and I became one with him, and he is alive. He is real. He is not a dead Jesus. Glory! Free. As a psychiatrist, as a neuropathologist, for me, God never existed. I never believed in God. I never believed in... Uh, Bible, I never thought about uh, God or Bible or, or divinity. In 1976, I was 20 when I was uh, already a doctor working in Georgia. I uh, met a lady from uh, Texas and uh, I tried to leave the country many times but I didn't have such a help this lady tried to help me and uh, I became in big trouble with KGB uh, because my work I worked on adenosine triphosphate it's a neurotransmitter in our brain and with the conjunction of uh, oxytocin I discovered several things and I was a scientist and uh, KGB didn't want me to go so that's why uh, they decided to kill me that's how I got into another dimension of my life. I was standing on, uh, on the sidewalk, uh, ready to depart to uh, New York, uh, waiting for a cab, uh, when a car ran on the sidewalk and uh, hit me. I flew 10 meters and I fell and then ran. The car runs over me. Uh, my friends and relatives took me to hospital and uh, the hospital uh, staff, friends of mine, and uh, two other professors uh, constated or declared me dead. They put me in morgue in a freezer, and uh, uh, three days later they took me out on Monday. It was Friday night, and on Monday morning they began my autopsy. And uh, these three days being out of my body, seeing everything what was happening around seeing myself my body seeing my birth uh, my parents um, my wife uh, my child my friends um, I saw their thoughts I saw what they were thinking how they uh, how, how, how their thought moved from one to another dimension it was incredible experience I was in darkness, in total darkness, and this darkness was pressing. This darkness existed not beyond, but existed within. What I want to say is that darkness was pressing, and I was in the middle of despair, and, um, and I didn't understand why and how this darkness existed. Where was I? And uh, I understood I didn't have a body because I didn't feel it. But then I thought about light. I, I, I went through that little hall into light. Uh, but light was more powerful, more burning. I mean, you cannot compare it to anything. In it, no word can explain it. And, and this light was so burning and, and, and uh, um, uh, going through flesh. But I didn't have a body. That was the most, uh, most interesting part. And I was scared of that light. I thought, where is that hall to darkness go to shade to save myself from this light? 
What is that light? I don't know. I mean, it can be called light of God, it can be called light of life. But light is light and darkness is darkness. And then, as a psychiatrist and scientist, I didn't uh, think about that. The only thing was that I was in light. We were not raised in Galway. You know, Soviet Union, we didn't go to church. We didn't have... There were people who went, but they were some kind of limited people. We thought, I mean, we thought they didn't know better that there is no God. But uh, during that three days being in morgue, in a freezer, changed all my life. To begin the autopsy, they, uh, they began to cut my chest, that that was the first incision. Then I opened eyes. So when I opened eyes and he saw the pupils were convulsing, uh, I'm becoming smaller, to say simply. Um, he, he saw that it was uh, reacting on, on light, it means it's life. And uh, they put me back uh, into hospital and began resuscitation. My lungs were collapsed for many time, I mean long time. I was on respirator for 90 days. I mean it's not, it's not that it happened fast, but the life came back and what they discovered was uh, that life was there during the autopsy, but it wasn't that all organs worked. I mean, it was hard work for nine months being under uh, the recovery. Um, uh, it, it didn't happen immediately. I mean, the life was there, but it doesn't mean that I could survive if not doctors who helped me uh, to regenerate my uh, health and organs. When I came to life back, a lot of different experiences happened and I, I experienced a lot of rejection, a lot of uh, fight uh, with, the, with the reality of others, but nothing could change my mind. I knew uh, my destination, I knew my way, and I decided to leave the country. And again, this lady from Longview, Texas helped me to move uh, to United States. And uh, we came to Texas and we continue to live in Texas still. Sometimes things are beyond our grasp. But I don't try to explain it all because I know uh, and I believe uh, that God knows better and uh, I believe that I don't need to be explained. And why it was shown to me and why it's me chosen to be. It wasn't question and I don't care about that honestly. I care that it was. I deeply believe in God of love. Prayer of faith, the prayer of salvation is not some just little prayer. It's the only way to the Father. And that's the only way. Now all of these people that in the New Age movement that believe that everybody's going to heaven that you can worship anything, you worship a flea, you can, you can squeeze a tree, uh, you can worship a crystal, you can worship the star. I got news for them. They're not, you know, they're not going uh, unless they accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior because the Word says the only way to the Father is through the Son. Two. A vision that changed my life forever. After I was discharged from the hospital, I went back to the monastery where other monks cared for me. I grew weaker and weaker and was lapsing into unconsciousness. I learned later that I actually died for three days. My body decayed and stunk of death, and my heart stopped beating. My body was prepared for cremation and was put through traditional Buddhist purification rites. Although I faded away in my body, I remember my mind and spirit were fully alert. I was in a very, very powerful storm. 
A tremendous wind flattened the whole landscape until there were no trees or anything else standing. Just a flat plain. I walked very fast along this plain for some time. There was no other people anywhere. I was all alone. After some time I crossed a river. On the other side of the river I saw a terrible, terrible lake of fire. In Buddhism, we do not have a concept of a place like this. At first I was confused and didn't know it was hell, until I saw Yama, the king of hell. His face looked like the face of a lion, his body was like a lion, but the legs were like a naga, serpent spirit. He had a number of horns on his head. His face was very fierce and I was extremely afraid. Trembling, I asked him his name. He replied, I am the king of hell, the destroyer. The king of hell told me to look into the lake of fire. I looked and I saw the saffron colored robes that Buddhist monks wear in Myanmar. I looked closer and I saw the shaven head of a man. When I looked at the man's face, I saw it was Yuzadila Khan Sayada, the famous monk who died in a car accident in 1983. I asked the king of hell why my former leader was confined to this lake of torment. I said, why is he in this lake of fire? He was a very good teacher. He even had a teaching tape called, Are You a Man or a Dog? which had helped thousands of people understand that their worth as humans is far greater than the animals. The King of Hell replied, yes, he was a good teacher, but he did not believe in Jesus Christ. That's why he is in hell. I was told to look at another person who was in the fire. I saw a man of very long hair wrapped on the left hand side of his head. He was also wearing a robe. I asked the King of Hell, who is this man? He replied, this is the one you worship, Gautama, Buddha. I was very disturbed to see Gautama in hell. I protested, Gautama had good ethics and good moral character. Why is he suffering in this lake of fire? The king of hell answered me, it doesn't matter how good he was. He's in this place because he did not believe in the internal God. I then saw another man who looked like he was wearing a soldier's uniform. He had a large wound on his chest. I asked, who is this man? The king of hell said, this is Aung San, the revolutionary leader of Myanmar. I was told Aung San is here because he persecuted and killed Christians, but mostly because he didn't believe in Jesus Christ. In Myanmar, the people have a common saying, soldiers never die, they live on. I was told that the legions of hell have a saying, soldiers never die, but they go to hell forever. Another king of hell then came to me. I also saw a being whose job is to stoke the fires beneath the lake of fire to keep it hot. This being asked me, are you going into the lake of fire too? I replied, no, I am only here to observe. The appearance of this creature stoked in the fire was terrifying. He had ten horns on his head and a spear in his hand that had seven sharp blades coming from the end. The creature told me, you are right, you came here just to observe. I cannot find your name here. He said, you must now go back the way you came. He pointed me toward the desolate plain that I had first walked along before I came to the lake of fire. I walked a long time until I was bleeding. I was hot and in great pain. Finally, after walking for about three hours, I came to a wide road. I walked along this road for some time until I came to a fork. One road going off to the left was wide, a smaller road went off to the right hand side. There was a signpost at the fork saying that the road to the left was for those who do not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The smaller road to the right was for believers in Jesus. I was interested to see where the larger road led, so I started down it. There were two men walking about 300 yards ahead of me. I tried to catch up with them so I could walk with them, but no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't catch up with them. So I turned around and went back to the fork in the road. 
I continued to watch these two men as they walked down the road away from me. When they reached the end of the road, they were suddenly stabbed. These two men cried out in great pain. I also cried out when I saw what happened to them. I realized the bigger road ended in great danger for those who traveled down it. I started walking down the Believer's Road instead. After traveling for about one hour, the surface of the road turned to pure gold. It was so pure that when I looked down, I could see my own reflection perfectly. I then saw a man standing in front of me. He was wearing a white robe. I also heard beautiful singing. Oh, it was so beautiful and pure. It was much better and more meaningful than the worship we have in our churches here on earth. The man in the white robe asked me to walk with him. I asked him, What is your name? But he did not answer. After I asked his name six times, the man answered, I am the one who holds the key to heaven. Heaven is a very, very beautiful place. You cannot go there now, but if you follow Jesus Christ, you can go after your life has finished on the earth. The man's name was Peter. Peter then asked me to sit down and he showed me a place to the north. Peter said, look through the north and see God create man. I saw the eternal God from a distance. God spoke to an angel, let us make man. The angel pleaded with God and said, please don't make man. He will do wrong and will grieve you. But God created a man anyways. God blew on the man and the man came to life. He gave him the name Adam. Then Peter said, now get up and go back to where you came from. Speak to the people who worship Buddha and who worship idols. Tell them they must go to hell if they don't change. Those who build temples and idols will also have to go to hell. Those who give offerings to the monks to earn merit for themselves will go to hell. All those who pray to the monks and call them Pra, respectful title for monks, will go to hell. Those who chant and give life to the idols will go to hell. And those who don't believe in Jesus Christ will go to hell. Peter told me to go back to earth and testify about these things I had seen. He also said you must speak in your new name. From now on, you are to be called Athet Payanchintap Palu, Paul who came back to life. I didn't want to go back. I wanted to go to heaven. The angels opened the book. First they looked for the childhood name, Tit Pin, in the book, but they could not find it. They then looked for the name I had been given when I entered the Buddhist monkhood, Unara Hanita Ishintariya, but it wasn't written in the book either. Then Peter said, Your name is not written here. You must return and testify about Jesus to the Buddhist people. I walked back along the gold road again. I heard beautiful singing, the kind of which I have never heard before or since. Peter walked with me until the time I returned to the earth. He showed me a ladder that reached down from heaven to the sky. The ladder didn't reach the earth, but stopped in midair. On the ladder I saw many angels, some going up into heaven and some going down the ladder. They were very busy. I asked Peter, who are they? Peter answered, they are messengers of God. They are reporting to heaven the names of all those who believe in Jesus Christ in the names of those who don't believe. Peter then told me it was the time to go back. The next thing I was aware of was the sound of weeping. I heard my own mother cry out, My son, why did you leave us now? I also heard many other people weeping. I realized I was lying in a box. I started to move. My mother and father started shouting, He is alive! He is alive! Other people who were farther away did not believe my parents. I then placed my hands on the sides of the box and sat upright. Many people were struck with terror. They cried out, it's a ghost, and ran away as fast as their legs could carry them. Those who remained were speechless and trembling. I noticed I was sitting in a smelly liquid and body fluids, enough to fill about three and a half cups. 
this liquid that had come out of my stomach and my insides while my body was lying in the coffin. This is why people knew I had indeed been dead. Inside the coffin there was a type of plastic sheet fixed to the wood. The sheet is placed there to retain a corpse's liquids because many dead bodies release much fluid like mine did. I learned later that I was just moments away from being cremated in flames. In Myanmar, people are placed in a coffin, the lid is then nailed shut and the whole coffin is burned. When I came back to life, my mother and father were being allowed to look at my body for the very last time. Moments later, the lid of my coffin would have been nailed shut and I would have been cremated. I immediately started to explain the things I had seen and heard. People were astonished. I told them about the men I had seen in the lake of fire and told them only the Christians know the truth, that our forefathers and us have been deceived for thousands of years. I told them everything we believe is a lie. The people were astonished because they knew what kind of monk I had been and how zealous I had been for the teachings of Buddha. In Myanmar, when a person dies, their name and age is written on the side of the coffin. When a monk dies, the monk's name, age, and number of years he has served as a monk are written on the side of the coffin. I had already been recorded as dead, but as you can see now, I am alive. 1. Friday's come, it's time to get dressed up, it's time to party, because Fridays and Saturdays were the party days. But that Friday, I just, my, my heart, my, my spirit, my mind, it, it something just, from that morning, it was just something like, I just felt that I, I wasn't supposed to leave the house. Friends started banging in the door. Bam, 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 bam. Hey, what's up? You coming out or what? Something told me, don't respond to them. Don't answer the door. At the third time, when I was about to get up and try to respond and answer the door, a voice said, if you leave tonight, you're not coming back home. So, you know, what I did was I just laid in the couch. I said, okay, you know what? I'm, gonna go, I'm just going to lay here. And boom, I, I just fell asleep. When I fell asleep, not, not, I don't know how long I was asleep, but all I know and I remember is that when I closed my eyes, as soon as I closed my eyes, I opened my eyes. I can see myself laying in the couch. And my face was stuck in the ceiling. I was upside down. And next thing you know, I stopped moving in circles slowly. But I'm going faster and faster and fast. And, I, and I'm starting, I'm, I'm speeding up here. And the faster I'm going, I can hear these voices, real demons, like wicked voices just laughing at me. Next thing you know, I find myself in this dark place. Dark. Like this light just started shining and it allowed me to see these things. And then suddenly I see five demons. Five demons that are around me. And what I can see with these demons is that some of them have real big mouths, like rats. Some of them look like bats. And some of them were pretty much different deformed, kind of very scary. And their eyes were like a very wicked, evil, yellow, red, and green. I remember that. And all they were doing, they were laughing. They were like, <laughs> I can hear this clearly like if it was yesterday. And then I look in front of me and I see this big black tunnel. And I can hear the tunnel going. And I'm floating on the air and I'm moving forward. As I'm going into this tunnel, I see a tiny little light at the end. So when I see that little light, 
I'm like, I'm, I'm safe. Oh, I'm going to be all right. So, so when I got to the end of this tunnel, the light is gone. So now everything's quiet. I don't see anything, no one. And I'm standing there. And next thing you know, this fire just came out of nowhere. And it went straight up. And then, you know, in the mornings, you open your curtains in the mornings. Well, this is how the fire is split in half. When that fire opened up, a voice said, look in there. When I took a forward look, I, I, I moved forward to look and see these people burning and burning and burning. And then you can hear, but that's the flesh that's coming out for you. And I can see maggots, real big maggots just going through them and going through their brains and going through their heads, going through their, and through their eyes and going through their nose. You can, I can see all this thing happening and, then, and they're just screaming and screaming and screaming. And then there was like, there was like caves and then there were like cells. Um, there was more trees that were just dead. The air there was, I mean, there's no air to breathe. I mean, there's, it's, it's suffocating in there. There was no water, there's no food, there's no sleep, there's no rest. This is day and night, day and night. Demons are there morning, swing ship, and graveyard. Day and night, they're torturing you. They're torturing you in every which way. They can tear you apart in pieces. They use swords or they just use their power because that's how big they are. They can put their hands over your head and just squeeze it. They can tear your head off. They can tear your body. They'll cut you to pieces. And every piece in your body and everything, you're aware. And I was scared. I was crying. I was crying. I remember I kind of, I bowed my, I, 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 I kind of like a like little bubble and I was crying because I didn't know where I was at still. I had no idea what was going on. And next thing you know, this big light comes, appears to me, a, a, a bright, bright light on my right hand side. And this light, as soon as the light hit me, this peace came over me. And I see this big, tall, beautiful angel, about seven, eight foot angel, big, real long, beautiful blonde hair. And he had this smile, like he was so peaceful. It was such an amazing peace. You know, I, I, I knew it was an angel because, I mean, you can't miss that. Um, and he had a big sword, and the sword of fire. And he spoke to me. He said, Mario. He said again, Mario. And I didn't want to move. I didn't want to look because I was already afraid. I don't know if these things were going to snag me back into that place. He said, it's okay, look. And this peace came over me. And I kind of got up and I looked at him. He goes, do you know where you're at? I said, no. I shook my head, no. He said, if today was your day, he said, this would be your fortune. This where you would spend eternal life. This is hell. He says, you are in hell. He said, Who's your God? I said, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't answer him. I just shook my head. I don't know. And then a little window opened up. And I remember Ronnie and Ron. Donnie and Ron. I, I, how can I forget them? Those are the ones that used to pick us up in the church bus. They used to come pick us up. 
they used to come up to me with their Bibles open and say, hey, Jesus loves you. When they said Jesus loves you, the window closed. And the angel asked me again, who's your God? I said, Jesus. He said, scream it. Scream it out loud, he said. I said, Jesus. And it just his name just echoed through these tunnels. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then, that's when I, I woke up. I remember waking up. And I remember those two brothers, those two brothers again, when they said, when I said to Jesus when I was eight years old, but I walked away. Coming to my heart, I, re, I repent and I ask for your forgiveness. And I remember those and I got on my knees and I looked up to the heavens and I said, please forgive me, Lord. Forgive me of all of my sins. I repent. Coming to my heart, I said, and when I said coming to my heart, I, this like electricity buzzing noise from inside of my feet. It just came out. And from that point on, this peace came over me. I couldn't stand drugs. I couldn't stand um, alcohol. I couldn't stand cigarette. I couldn't stand anything. I was delivered. And I felt that day, that night, like, I never did drugs, I never smoked, I never drank. I felt like a brand new man. Two thousand four when I was asleep at my home one day and God sent an angel to my home and shot me up to the heavens. And that's where I knew my walk, the prophetic walk that I had with God, because when he came to me, when I seen the heavens and I seen his I seen the mountains and I seen the rivers and I seen the fruit and I seen the angels and I seen kids and I seen how beautiful it was up there and the love that's up there is an amazing love. But when this angel took me up to the heavens and I seen God's throne in the middle, in the center of the temple of God's people, angels blowing the trumpets, it's such as everybody think God's quiet. No, God's allowed God is praising which worship everything every day and day day there's no dark there's no night up there there's no darkness just joy just love just peace this love was overwhelming that I, you know i thank god for allowing me to bring that he allowed me to bring some of the, that love back into the world i said and that's when i knew my walk was with god when he came to me i couldn't see him from his face but i seen him from his mouth down and his sandals and the hose in his hands and he spoke to me, he said, he said, my son, you have been sent by me. He says, I called you before placing me in your mother's womb and out of your mother's womb I have called you. And I'm gonna move you into the nations and wherever I take your feet, you're gonna deliver my word. He says, I called you and I showed you these things, heaven and hell, because I want you to let my people know that it's real. Worry not and fear not what people think about you. The rest is in the palm of my hands. All you need to do is let them know the truth about heaven and hell. And the rest is in my hands. He says, I have ordered me a prophet. And I will move you in a mighty powerful way. That you, your own eyes, will not believe how I will move you to the nations. He says, go, my son. Go. Rejoice in my name, he says. And go and let my people know that I'm coming. Let them know that I am at the gate. And my angels are already preparing their horses and their carriages and sharpening their swords. 
go. And I don't want to come back. God knows our thoughts before we think them. He says, your time is not yet with me, my son. But you will be with me soon. He says, go. And then with the palm of his hand, he touched my forehead. Boom. And I went, oh. And I came to my, back to my body at home. It was about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And I remember I couldn't go back to sleep no more because the joy of God was over me. I was praising the Lord. I was crying. I was full in the spirit of God.